Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Getting a training plan and working with a coach. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into what we do every day here at Run for PRs because we're not just a podcast. In fact, we actually started in 2013 with coaching athletes online. Um, We didn't start a podcast until... Uh, you know, January 2019, I think is when we really started, you know, recording more podcasts. But um, so for six years before we started this podcast, we were really more about the coaching and helping runners with training plans and one-on-one coaching. Um, And a lot of that is done online. So today we're going to talk exactly how Run for PRs works. I know some of you listeners already work with us as athletes, but maybe there are some other people who are curious as to what exactly we do and what exactly online coaching is, how does our training work, and You know, for some people who've never really been coached before, just breaking down the differences between working with a coach and having, you know, those free plans online. Like I know Hal Higdon has a bunch of free plans online. Pretty much you can Google like marathon training plan and a bunch will pop up. So a lot of people want to know kind of what is the benefit of having that online run coach and getting a plan that's customized to you versus, you know, just finding something for free or writing your own training. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the process and all of the questions that we get asked um, along the way to hopefully just clear up some things and to help you kind of understand what we do a little bit better and maybe take the plunge if you have been thinking about it or you want to try it out because we do have a free seven-day trial. You can always try it out for a week um, and see what it's like and if it's something that you want to try uh on a more long-term commitment basis. We do everything month to month. So nothing is, you know, set in stone. You can always try it out for a month after your trial. And if you don't like it, then that's fine. But most people will stick with us. I mean, we have some athletes who've been training for, you know, six years. um, And it's just, it's really fun to see athletes grow and transform um, as runners throughout the process. So today I have with me Jason Phillippe, who is a coach here at Run for PRs? A little bit of background about us, I guess. Um, since we're talking about how Run for PRs works and how online coaching works, I started Run for PRs back in 2013, 2014, um, just by myself coaching athletes. And Jason is actually my husband who has been coaching since 2009. Um, he has more of a background run coaching than I do, but I have more of a business background. So, you know, coming together with those two skills, we have, you know, 10 coaches here at Run for PRs in addition to both of us. Cause I know probably people have listened to the podcast before and heard us talk before. So we have, um, eight coaches in addition to us. And we're just gonna, you know, talk a little bit about the process and how everything works here. So Jason, I guess, do you want to share a little bit about your background? 
Sure. So um, I was a runner pretty much all my life. I ran in high school and college. And, um, you know, coming out of college, I knew that I wanted to get involved with coaching. I was also a physical education major. So I knew teaching and coaching was kind of my pathway. Um, and, you know, right away, I, I tried to get involved as much as I could with, with the schools as far as coaching youth and, you know, middle school, high school kids. Um, and then also just volunteering for, um, you know, any sort of opportunity that I had. I know thinking back to maybe around the year 2012, I think I did like a marathon training clinic for um, for adult runners through the running room, which is a local running store. So um, that's kind of how I got my start with coaching. And then I think in 2013, um, I coordinated some of the run group programs for Lifetime Fitness, which is a major um, you know fitness club here in Minnesota. And we have, I know there's clubs all around the, the nation now, um, but the headquarters here are in Minnesota. So that was kind of a great experience. I worked there for several years and that's really where I got a taste of, you know, working with adult athletes, um, to, you know, get them ready for their, their goal races, whether that was a 5k, we did half marathon and marathon training clinics as well. Um, and kind of over the years, I've just been involved with the high school and college, um, ages as well, coaching, you know, track and cross country. So I really like getting the variety, um, helping people with prepare for their shorter races, but also, um, marathon and even ultra marathoners. So it's um, definitely rewarding to get to work with all, you know, ages and ranges as far as distances go. Yeah, I love how you went into your background and how you have such a wide variety of athletes that you've coached because a lot of the times, you know, coaches starting out or if they don't have a lot of experience, they don't have um, experience working with a wide range of athletes and athletes who are training for different events. And so I think it's really important um, when seeking out a coach to make sure that, you know, they have a background coaching um, athletes to reach what your goal is, right? So you have that wide variety background, which is great because then you can work with that wide variety of athletes. And I know that's something that we really look for when we're hiring coaches is, you know, someone who can work with a wide variety of athletes because we have so many different athletes that come through the doors here and for PRs. And we don't want to be, you know, super niche into one area. We, we have a wide range of what our athletes are um, working towards. So you might be someone that's just trying to work up to running one mile without stopping. Um, and we have coaches that can definitely get you to that point. Um, you know, people working with more beginner athletes, uh, I think it's really important to have coaches that know how to do that and know how to do it in, um, in a way that's not going to intimidate people. Uh, so that's really important, just that the beginner groundwork. And then all the way up to, you know, people who want to do 50-mile ultramarathons. Um, so I know that you've coached people in the ultramarathon distance as well as, you know, one-mile PRs on the track. So it's really just like a very wide range of people that you coach. And I know variety is really important um, when talking about experience for athletes and even within our athletes who are at different levels when they come to us they even will change their goals oftentimes so sometimes you know the first year it's all about like the bq and then you get that goal and then maybe they want to shift focus and train for an ironman um so it's really fun and it's uh really dynamic when you can make changes and you don't have to be so set in one particular you know trajectory um of being stuck on, oh, focusing on the marathon, focusing on, you know, whatever distance that it is. Uh, So I guess the biggest um, question that a lot of people probably want to know is what is the difference between 
following an online training plan, like you can get one Jack Daniels or Hal Higdon or, you know, your friend wrote you a plan versus working with a coach. Yeah. So, um, I want to answer that question and then also add something that came to mind because when you were talking about getting those in-person experiences to me, that's really what is a major difference of, um, getting a a free plan online versus actually working with a coach who you're going to get that, that constant support and feedback from. Um, you know, and I think because I, I worked with especially high school and college athletes, um, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And we did a lot of races, you know, you're constantly having to work with athletes from beginners to those more elite level athletes and trying to, you know, support them all while helping them kind of prepare and then, um, overcome like the, how the race, I guess the race outcomes. Um, sometimes, you know, they cross the finish line and they set a PR, so they're really happy on other times. So it's like, how do we keep them focused and, and wanting more? Um, and then those other athletes who struggle when they finish the race, um, they didn't come anywhere near their potential, I think. Just helping them navigate, like, how can we do better next time? What are some things we can um, reflect on our training uh, to improve? I think getting those in-person uh, experiences in terms of that dialogue has really helped prepare me for the virtual world of coaching because, um, you know, a lot of our communication is primarily through email um, or through commenting on training logs. So I think it's very important that you understand, like, how to help a person overcome uh, a race expectation that they might have had, um, kind of gear their future training towards, towards um, you know, realignment with their goals. But as far as like the training plans online, you know, you're, a lot of times you're going to get something that um, they may have like intermediate level or advanced level or beginner or whatever it is. And then you're looking at that distance and it's more of a cookie cutter, like uh, plan to follow. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're just getting into the sport, it can help you uh, with staying, you know, staying on track, um, I'm, I'm assuming the plan was made um, in a way that factors in like um, cutback weeks, stuff like that, progressive overload principle, you know, maybe some of the 80-20 principles. So hopefully it'll set you up for some amount of success. But I think that the coach um, is really going to be here to help you um, tailor the training, individualize it to you as far as paces go. Um, modifying the training, I think that's a huge benefit. Um, you know, we have athletes all the time who, like you said, they spur the moment race. So that can affect their training that maybe we want to adjust. Obviously, if they're going to do a race, we're going to probably not have them do that Tuesday workout, you know, two days later or whatever. So I think that that is one key um, benefit as well as just um, when flare-ups happen or, you know, sickness, illness, anything like that, family vacations, like how do we create the plan and make those modifications um, so that you can kind of continue picking up where you left off and we're not overloading you um, or under training you as well. And so that's where I think a lot of the benefits happen when you get to work with a coach who provides that ongoing feedback. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting with your background. Um, obviously you ran high school, middle school, college, all that stuff. So you had coaches, so you could kind of see the benefit of the coach and really you were never responsible for making your own training plan or anything like that. Um, until after you graduated and you had a lot of the running experience at that point. So maybe it was different for you, but for me, you know, starting as an adult, um, and saying, Hey, I want to train for, you know, a 5k or a half marathon or a marathon race. Um, I didn't have any sort of background whatsoever. And I think a lot of listeners maybe can relate to that. Um, and so the first thing you do is you, you Google like half marathon training. What do I do? And you kind of, you'll look at the different outlines and nothing really, when I used to Google these things, you know, 10 years ago, nothing really seemed like 
100% something I could do or I would look at it and be like, okay, that's too hard. That's too easy. That's a little vague. You know, it, it didn't like, I didn't know where certain things were supposed to fit in. There were always questions that were up in my head, but you know, doing it on your own, you don't really get to ask someone like, okay, well, what day should I be doing my lifting? Um, what if like, I'm really sore after this, you know, six mile run and I can't run the next day or whatever it may be. Um, there's no one there to consult or ask your questions to, um, or like, what should I be eating? Or is this okay? What page should I be going? All of the questions that you have as maybe even an intermediate runner, uh, you don't get to ask anyone. So you're kind of on your own in terms of that when you, when you don't have a coach and then also just picking the correct plan. I think I fell victim oftentimes to selecting a plan that I thought was really challenging because I, I like to challenge myself. I think a lot of runners can relate to that. You pick the plan. You're like, yeah, 30 miles a week, even though you've never done 30 miles a week, um, you have really good intentions. And then all of a sudden it maybe sets you up for an injury. It sets you up for not feeling your greatest. And then you kind of feel like a failure because you fall off the plan and all of those things. Um, so I think the biggest benefit to working with an online coach is that you get to have that progressive overload and you get to have a plan that starts exactly where you are um, because those cookie cutter plans online, they're not exactly going to start where you are today. Um, And they can be a great guide. They can be a great skeleton outline of roughly where you should be at, right? But most people who follow those don't follow them to a T or they're not able to without getting some sort of injury um, or just having to modify as it goes. Because, you know, if you have a wedding one weekend or if you're going out of town, you have a race that you want to incorporate. All of those things affect every part of the plan. Once you start playing the, oh, well, this weekend, instead of doing my 13 mile long run, I want to do a 5k race. Well, that affects the rest of the entire plan. Like you have to move so many different things. Um, and when you don't know how to do that, you start to try to come up with the answer yourself. Right. So as an athlete, you might be like, well, I'll just, I'll double up one day or I'll, I'll make it up. And you know, as a coach, it's more about, we're trying to figure out, okay, we're not doubling on mileage and we just, we're used to fixing plans. So There are different ways that you can adjust training and there's kind of like the right way and then there's like the wrong way to do it. And oftentimes um, athletes who come to us maybe after like a bad training cycle, they kind of explain to us how they adjusted their training. And I'm always like, oh no, like there's just really common mistakes that I think get happened um, when athletes are kind of left on their own with those sort of more generic training plans. So I don't know, is that something that you can relate to? Do you have a lot of athletes that come and that's, that seems to be a similar story. Yeah, it definitely does. I think, you know, one of the benefits is, you know, we try to really customize the plan and we'll gather as much info on, on each athlete as we can. I mean, the, our questionnaire document probably has, I don't even know, 20, 20 questions at least. And, um, you know, I thoroughly read that and I look at, um, I really look at history. I look at really recent history, like what have they done the last month? And like you said, starting with where you're at, I think is really important so that, um, you know, we don't set ourselves up for, you know, injury or flare ups, you know, early on, we just want it to be kind of progressive and, um, you know, we'll start to introduce like one stressor at a time. We're not going to increase, you know, your mileage by a lot with also adding in these new intense workouts. So, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, having, having it taken off your plate, like that thought of what should I do? Um, I think that that, that's super helpful. And I know I've, so many years over the past, um, like probably eight years, I've just found 
um, I've, I've personally hired a run coach just to help me because I, I don't want to be second guessing it. And, you know, as far as, um, my past injury history, I make sure I'm very, you know, clear on that. Cause I don't want to end up doing too much. And, um, so I'm always someone that probably does like 70 or 80% of what, what, um, you know, someone would normally write for someone of my caliber when, when I give them my times and all of that. So, um, yeah, I think that, I think that just getting as much info on, on each individual as we can and trying to tailor the plan and think about like all the other factors that go into it, like, um, past injury history, um, you know, racing experience, how those races have gone. And, um, I, a lot of times I'll ask athletes like, Hey, can you give me some, uh, examples of like how you feel your training is similar to what it was when you ran this time. Um, or I'll ask if they have their training plan for this marathon and I'll ask them to send it over to me just so I can kind of get a feel for what they were doing. So I think that those, that can kind of help us to like paint the picture of, you know, what has worked for previous athletes or what, um, maybe didn't work so well. And so we need to kind of make some changes and fine tune some things. Yeah, I think that was really good. You know, how is how is it custom to each person? And there's so many ways in which working with a coach one on is is so custom, right? So like you said, filling out that athlete question form and really getting a deep dive into the athlete background, because there's a lot of key points um, that we really look at, you know, the history of injury and kind of the history of your performance, both physically and mentally, right? So if you're someone who's injury prone versus someone who has really just been able to rack up mileage and never get injured. We're going to have maybe different approaches to your training. Um, Definitely, because not everyone, you know, just because you're a 330 marathoner doesn't mean that you're going to peak at a certain mileage. Like, there is no, like, formula there. It's really about, okay, let's look at how long you've been running. Let's look at what you typically do in a training cycle. And also, let's look at, like, your life stress for a second, right? So if you're a mom of, like, four kids, stay at home, um, that sort of thing, or like you're also working, whatever it is, and you have all of this stress going on in your life versus uh, someone who's 21 years old, fresh out of college, been running since they were 12, um, just kind of the stress levels in both of those people's lives might be a little bit different, right? So we're obviously going to have to take a look at those things and incorporate that into your training as well. Um, you know, some people just have like crazy hectic travel or work schedules. We have nurses that do overnight shifts, like whatever it is, um, that actually comes into play in your training, right? So if you're someone who's working overnight shifts or those 12, three by 12, uh, shifts during the week, we would probably space out your training so that you're getting the most benefits out of the days that you are running right so we're not going to have you like wake up the night after two overnight shifts that you are on your feet for 12 hours and do your you know your marathon simulation long run right um we're gonna space it out so that it makes sense um there's a lot of factors that are involved and the whole like stress plus rest equals growth formula is super important so looking at all of those pieces within your life and how it fits into your training um is really what a coach is going to do when they construct your training plan. So it's a lot more than just the event you're training for and kind of what your goal is. And then, you know, a lot of athletes, I think they reach a point when they get to their training, right? Like you can get so far with using the plans online, but usually the roadblocks that will lead athletes to looking into getting a coach um, are going to be you know, maybe they got injured doing it on their own or they're underperforming, like they're not reaching what they thought their potential was 
or maybe they're just like really fired up and they and they want to reach the next level right so those three cases are typically like the most common that we get and I think that uh those in those three cases, there are usually something that can be done within your training pretty easily. Just a few, you know, minor changes here and there where big results can be um, be found relatively quickly. And then after that, it's just all about consistently putting in the work. And it's really crazy to see how some athletes will really uh, transform. Like maybe they've been spinning their wheels for three or four years running like the same times over and over again because they're making similar training mistakes, you know, like running too high of mileage, not getting adequate recovery or spending too much time in the gray zone. Um, And these things are really easy to say out loud, but it's, it's the monotony of being able to see every day and kind of reminding like, hey this is a little bit too much. We have to scale back. Um, cause that accountability piece is also really huge. Cause you might know what you're doing as your training mistake, but if you don't have someone that's like holding you accountable to that on a regular basis, it's really easy to fall back into the trap of, you know, your training mistakes or, you know, the things that are really common for your personality type or for you as a runner to do. So do you have anything that you have like a tendency to do as a runner that's maybe like a bad habit and you've had a coach help you kind of navigate that? What does that look like? Um, I think for me, it's it's just kind of neglecting some of the self-care, you know, aspects that are so important for injury prevention. Just like spending like 10, 15 minutes doing like foot drills and um, maybe some, um, hip mobility type stuff that can help me, you know, go a long way as far as like preventing injury. I think that's been the key. So, um, that's been one of the things that I like getting from, uh, from a coach was just some, some, ex- you know, example exercises to do, um, you know, and they're not like full on like strength training sessions. So they're just things that take 10 minutes. You can do them after your run. But I think that's been one of the big things for me. And then, um, I am someone that just likes a variety as far as like workouts go. So, um, I like, I don't like doing the same like couple workouts. I like to sp- spice things up, switch it up. I like to f- kind of change, um, workouts from week to week. Like one week it might be, um, more marathon pace and next week it might be threshold and the next week it might be more speed endurance. So I like to, I like that variety just cause I think it helps me, um, not only mentally, but I, I feel like physically I get in better shape if I get that variety as opposed to just training like one, one specific way. So you know, even if I was going to be doing a marathon training cycle, I would still want to incorporate the speed endurance. And even if I'm focusing on the 5k, I still want to incorporate the steady state runs just because I think that that, um, is going to help me feel, feel my best. So that's kind of what I've learned over the years of working with a coach. Right. Yeah. And I think every athlete is so different in this area. Um, there are like kind of common themes and common like athlete profile types that I think as a coach, like you kind of will be like, okay, you're more on this tendency. You're more like this. And me and you are very different in a- as athletes. You're more of maybe like a type B runner where you would get bored with training or you really need like a race to motivate you and you're very competitive. So kind of doing the training on your own gets boring. So maybe like as a coach, you know, things that I would say to spice things up in your training is like, you got to get to a group run. You got to do workouts with people who are very fast like yourself because you can't hit the paces that you need to hit on the track by yourself because you're just not motivated to do so alone. Like you're not intrinsically motivated. You're more competitive, right? So 
for me as a coach, like, that's kind of the recommendations I would be giving you, right? And then obviously if you say, you know, you neglect strength sometimes or you're injury prone, it would be really important to like be on you about that all the time. Like, hey, you're not lifting this week. I didn't see it like pop up. So get your lifting in because it's really important. And I think sometimes when you're not experiencing injury, it's really easy for some athletes to just be like, well, I don't need a strength train because I'm not injured now. And it's like you can only ride that train for so long. Um, whereas I think there are also athletes on the other end of the spectrum who are maybe more of like a type A, I would call it, um, which are more like me, where it's like you're going to be more prone to overtraining, get sucked into things like run streaks or like being obsessive with mileage. Um, and that's a totally different like athlete type where you might, for that person, for me, I need people to be like, dude, you need to take an extra rest day. Like, why did you run? I need someone that's going to like confront me on you shouldn't have ran that day or you really need to scale it back or you ran too fast for your workout that day. Those sort of reminders are really important. Um, and so coaching me versus coaching you is going to look very different. Um, if someone was saying the same things to you, like you need to get a, a work, a workout partner on the track to help run faster. I, I mean, that would give me like anxiety. It would make me worse as an athlete, I think, because I would push it too hard on workouts. Um, cause I am someone that probably needs to have like the reins put on me a little bit more. So it's really important to have a coach that really understands you as an athlete and is looking beyond just, okay, what's your VDOT score? Like what's your, you know, time trial? What are your PRs? Here's your plan, right? There's so many things that go into being an athlete and a lot of it, um, is mental, right? So there, each athlete has different tendencies mentally and physically. Um, some, some people are obviously more durable than others, but I think the mentality of how your athlete really is, um, doing mentally, you know, that's, that's huge and that's really important. And that's really where I think the benefits of having a coach come into play, um, because someone gets to know you and they get to kind of know your tendencies and push you just a little bit outside of your comfort zone to kind of work on those things. So I guess now we're going to go into more of like a rapid fire question and answer, you know, how do things work here? So like, let's say someone's like, all right, you convinced me. I want to try working with a coach seven day free trial, right? So what do you do and what happens uh, next? Kind of, so where, where do they go to get started? So yeah, you're probably, you know, if you're on Instagram, it'll redirect you to our website, runforprs.co. Um, and right when you get there on the homepage, there's a questionnaire you can fill out just super brief, probably take you a minute. Um, want to make sure your email is accurate because I know we've had some people who don't get the email back or whatever. And, or, and I see some of them that come in and sometimes it says like at gmail.com instead of com. So C-O-N versus C-O-M. So just make sure you're typing carefully, but that would be the only reason you don't get an email back. You'd probably get one back from us pretty quick. Um, and then it'll give you directions on what to do next. Like, um, you know, you can browse our website at pricing. You can watch the video. You can, um, fill out the questionnaire and send it back to us. Um, but right away to get started with the trial, there's basically just two steps and that's, that's getting your training peaks linked up with us and then filling out the, the questionnaire form. So that way we get as much info on you as possible. And then we can kind of match you up with a coach who will set you up with your trial. Right. Yeah. So getting the coach and getting paired up with the coach. So, you know, that athlete questionnaire form that you're going to get in that first email is a couple pages long. It just goes over kind of what sort of times you've ran in the last year. How long have you been running? What it's like the highest mileage you've ever done? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses um, mentally? 
and just getting to know you a little bit um, and your background and goals, obviously like what you're training for um, and all of those good things. And so this athlete question form that you're sending back, we, we kind of go over it and then we are looking to pair you with a coach who has um, the most experience kind of working with your level of athlete, right? So if you're looking for, you know, a sub three hour marathoner, we're probably going to pair you with a coach that's definitely helped um, athletes reach sub three before and who have experienced running well under that themselves. Um, whereas if you're looking for more of like a run walk program, we're probably going to pair you with a coach who has experience with more of like a uh, coaching a 5k group or, you know, helping people who've never ran before. And so we, all of our coaches know how to do all of those things, but some of them just have more experience and it's more of like their niche and kind of what they really like to do. So based on what is in your athlete question forms, that's who you get paired with. Um, but you know, if you, obviously, if you're following someone or you know of someone or you've heard a recommendation or you want to work with a specific coach, we definitely take the referrals or recommendations and we can pair you with whoever you want. So like, let's say you really want to work with coach Jason because you listen to podcasts or whatever. Um, all you have to do is just say, Hey, I want to work with Jason. You don't need to pair me with anyone, but otherwise we do like an extensive process. Like, okay, who's going to be the best fit for this person. Um, and some people do have, you know, requests where they want to work with specific coaches, uh, the next question that a lot of people will ask, you know, being that it's a virtual and all of those things, how are you able to really like assess the form or help them train if you're not able to really see what their running looks like? Yeah, that's a good question. I know uh, for some athletes, you know, I will ask to see like their Garmin or Strava just to get a better idea, especially if I feel like I can't really get a good idea based on their questionnaire, but we do have a lot of questions about um, about their running history. So, you know, some of the samples are just like um, not only PRs, but what what races have they done in the past year? Um, how many miles per week on average is it consists of a normal week of training? Um, what's the highest um, or the longest run they've done in the last month? Um, stuff like that. So we we ask a lot of those questions to really get a good a good idea, and then. Um, when we fill out the trial, you know, thinking about those first seven days, we really want to make sure we're starting with where the athlete's at. So, you know, if they say their longest run in the last month has been eight miles, I'm not going to throw them up to 10 or 11 right away. Um, so that sort of thing. We want to make sure that we're starting with, with that, with where they're at so we can give them an example of like one workout per, that week or maybe two workouts. And then also, um, the recovery, the rest days, um, pencil those in as well to make sure that they understand what just a week um, picture would look like. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'd say about, about how to get started and what that first week will look like. Yeah. So I know we've been talking a lot about training piece, Garmin, Strava. Do you have to have a specific type of watch or Garmin training piece? Like how do all these apps work and what is training peaks? No, I definitely think we, we've had a lot of athletes lately who, you know, they train with maybe like their Apple watch or they, they just do an app on their phone. So they don't have a Garmin or GPS watch. Um, and so I know Training Peaks is the platform we use, and you download the app so you can open it up, you can look at your workouts, and um, if you do have an app that is compatible with Training Peaks, you can sync it so that way your data will upload automatically. Um, I know as a coach, you know Garmin is the best as far as like being able to see splits for specific segments of your workout. Um, 
what I'll do is ahead of time, I'll just kind of work with the athlete to determine what they use. And then I'll, I'll, we'll make sure we're on the same page as far as like, how do I make sure I get the, the data or the feedback that I need to be able to provide um, support and feedback to them. So sometimes they might upload like a screenshot of their, of their run, or they might just like include it in the comments. That's a very common thing. Um, and then I'll, I'll do, I'll make sure I try to make the workout, you know, seem a little bit more doable as far as like, um, you know, let's say it's, it's, uh, a tempo run instead of having it be like time-based, maybe I'll have it be like two miles or something. That way I can see when they upload the screenshot, like exactly which two miles was their tempo. Cause sometimes when they lap it or they don't have a lap feature on the app that they use, it can be difficult as a coach to see how that segment went. So we, I just make sure that, that I have a thorough understanding of what they're going to be using. Um, and then we will, we'll make it work as far as, um, making sure they get the feedback that they need. Yeah, that's really good feedback. Um, I know some people just don't have garments or, you know, it's kind of an investment, right? I didn't buy a garment until I had been running for several years. So I just didn't really see the point. So it's good to know that you don't need to have a garment. You can just kind of plug in what you've been doing and, and use a free app like Strava or RunKeeper, um, whatever it may be. Uh, so I guess, you know, how does the athlete communicate with a coach? So, you know, you write the plan, how do I get the feedback from you? What, what is the expectation there in terms of, you know, how are you really going to like coach me through online? So if you select our, our basic coaching one-on-one package, um, your coach will be checking your training log at least twice a week. Um, typically what I like to do is check check logs the day after um, their workout. So that way I make sure I can see how the workout went, provide that feedback. Um, and then after their second workout or after their long run. So let's say if their workout is Tuesday and then their long run might be, um, I don't know, might be Friday. So I'll probably be checking the log like Wednesday and Saturday just to make sure that um, I'm checking it fairly soon after they complete that workout. Um, I'm commenting on how the, the workout went. I also ask them to provide me any feedback or um, thoughts about how the workout went because it's nice to see kind of mentally how how they you know thought um, where they're at in terms of their their own mindset during that workout so and, and then also like I think there's a little uh, number scale you can rate the workout from one to ten so that's kind of nice to see like oh that was a that was an eight or a nine so that gave a smiley face and that tells me that they enjoyed the workout and they were challenged and it wasn't too difficult so um, yeah, I think the primary um, way to communicate would be through the Training Peaks app. And then anytime there's something that I see that's, you know, either somewhat alarming, like, oh, they make a reference about injury or uh, mentally they just seem like they're really struggling right now, or maybe it's something really good that happens, then I will just kind of shoot that athlete an email because I really want to make sure that they get it um, faster. And, um, you know, sometimes the athletes aren't checking their Training Peaks as, as often as they would email. So, that's kind of how I like do the check-ins with my athletes. Yeah, that's really good. So twice a week getting a check-in from you, right? So I guess that's nice and all, but like you said, like the emergency situation, like let's say I leave a comment and, you know, it's like my my knee, whatever. Um, do, do I get a chance to email you whenever? Do you ever just get like pop-up emails like how long does it take you to kind of respond to that and like how often are you checking because I know sometimes you know some other places if you're coaching and you have a full-time job right like sometimes like the coach doesn't check the emails or they're just not as responsive so how does it kind of work with run for PRs and how is it different with us 
Yeah, um, I like to think we we pride ourselves on trying to be as responsive responsive as possible. So I have email on my phone. And I tell my athletes all the time, like if it's something that you need, um, you know, within twenty four hours, email me because I'll see it faster. Um, and if it's something like just a quick question or they want to swap a run, um, that's something that we could do super fast. So. I'll, I just encourage them to email or if, yeah, something flares up where they can't complete the run like that day or the next day, I want to know about that. So I probably get, I don't know, anywhere from like three to five emails a day from athletes just like that, where they just email me with, or it might be about like a race that they decided they wanted to do. And so, um, or yeah, they're going on vacation this weekend. Can they do their long run on Friday instead of Saturday? So stuff like that, that, that happens all the time. And I, when I first initially begin working with an athlete, I'll make sure that you know, they understand they can email me anytime um, with any questions or um, anything that kind of comes up along the way. And I think that's going to be the fastest way to um, to respond. I, I know typically I, probably 80 percent of the emails I'll get, I'll be able to respond to same day. You know, if, if the email comes in later on in the evening, it probably will wait until uh, the next morning. But for the most part, I am responsive to emails, especially on weekends. I know a lot of our coaches like to carve out some time on the weekends because, you know, we understand that's a time where races are happening and that's an exciting time. So I think that it's nice to be able to, you know, hear from your coach um, if you if you need something uh, quickly. Yeah, definitely. It's good to have the communication pretty much right away. Um, and not have to, you know, wait around or have the coach have too many things on their plate. So that's why a lot of our coaches actually are full-time, and that's kind of like the preference just so that, you know, people – it's really important that they get their questions answered, you know, in a timely manner and all that stuff. So it's good to hear you guys are checking a lot, always communicating, keeping those uh, doors open. And I know even when I used to do, you know, group training um, a couple years back before – you know, you you go into the online coaching world, there would be like a mass group plan that was sent out, you know, at the beginning of the training cycle. And then you show up and that's pretty much the only time you talk to your coach about the question. So it's nice to know that you're able to kind of have that open line of communication whenever a question does pop up. Um, Because sometimes, you know, you have the questions like right after your run or whatever. And it's nice to just like put it to paper and get your response um, right away, same day, rather than, oh, like wait till you see them in person because you don't want to like bug them through email. So I always kind of liked that about the online coaching aspect because in person is just so different. And when you go to the in-person group and you all have the questions all at once, it's like you don't ever really get a chance to um to answer everyone's questions, right? I know even with you coaching at the college level, sometimes I would go over and it just seemed like rapid fire. Everyone's asking you questions like, and you can't give as detailed of a response as maybe you would um, if you're sitting down in an email and you're able to like pull up articles and like put videos in the email and all that stuff um, and just taking more time to respond to um, each and every concern rather than like, rapid fire, like yes, no answers, um, at an in-person event. Um, so another thing that a lot of people want to know is how do you assess an athlete's running form and how do you assess like their fitness gains and how, um, how often do you see the fitness gains and measure those things? Um, yeah, so the running form, uh, you know, typically if an athlete, um, brings up anything to do with like their cadence, then I'll just ask them to 
maybe send me a video of like their form running on a treadmill or wherever, just so I can kind of see, um, you know, and offer any feedback. And I'll ask for, you know, like a zoomed in shot of kind of the lower legs, but also I want a zoomed out shot so I can see their whole body. So that's kind of what I'll, what I'll ask. And sometimes they'll just upload that right in a training peak. So they just shoot it over in an email. Um, and then as far as the, uh, the fitness, you know, assessing the gains, I think that, you know, we're going to use key workouts and races to indicate, um, the progress. And for every athlete, it's, it's going to be different. Um, it really depends on the experience and, um, kind of the time frame that we've been working with them. Um, but as far as like their training paces, I'm going to have those uploaded in a training peaks. And then anytime I'm going to make some changes or adjustments, I will, um, you know, notify the athletes so that they can see those changes. <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's a really good answer. And a lot of times people, they're really concerned about the running form. Um, and there's a lot of drills that you can do. And we, we have like videos of drills, uh, documents that we can send over um, that you can incorporate into your training. Um, a lot of the times strength training can help with your running form a lot. So, you know, running form correction actually takes an incredibly long time to work on. Um, we look at people who've been running, you know, even for 20 years and they still have um, a little bit of like odd tendencies with their form that they still have to remind themselves and work on. And the biggest thing with form is it's, it's always a work in process and you have to do the little things that are going to make a big difference. So it's really about you being accountable to working in those drills and doing um, the little things that make a big difference in the long run. And I think strength training, incorporating drills are two really big ones. Obviously, as a coach, you can tell them kind of what the weakness areas are like someone once told me when I first started running that I lean back a little bit. So I always had to have a cue in my, in my mind of make sure you're leaning forward, make sure you're leaning forward. Um, another thing that's really common is athletes sway their arms side to side. And so you just have to remind yourself constantly when you're running, uh, to continue the momentum forward and don't swing from side to side. Um, and don't, you know, tighten up your, your arms. You just have to figure out what are going to be the cues that help me remember to, you know, loosen up or whatever it may be while I'm running. And these are things that you're going to be practicing mainly on your easy runs and during your workouts. Um, and what ends up happening, generally speaking with form, is that as you get more fatigued and more tired, maybe during a race, during a workout, your form's going to start to break. So it's going to get worse and worse. Um, so the best time to practice having good form is on a daily basis, um, on your easy runs during your workouts, all of those things, because when race day comes, it's going to be like muscle memory, right? Um, we don't want to like say, okay, now we're going to focus on your form, you know, during the last mile of the race, um, because that's really when your body's getting really fatigued and it's going into that like resorting state of maybe bad form. Um, so the more you can do to strengthen your body to make sure that, um, the fatigue doesn't, we can prolong how long it takes for the fatigue to set in is really important. So working on strength training and that core strength and upper body strength, a lot of times that's why you'll see people like hunched over. It's because they don't have um, like that upper body strength to, you know, maintain the good form over a marathon distance or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, so I think this was really useful in terms of working with a coach and how it all works. So if anyone has any questions about anything or they want to try out the free seven day trial, there's absolutely no commitments. Like you don't even put in your credit card information or anything. It's literally a free trial. So you can see what it looks like in training piece. You can see what sort of workouts we would give you. You can see the type of 
questions that we would ask you as an athlete. Um, and you get to experience working with a coach for a week, getting your questions answered, all of those things. Um, for free, right? So you can go to www.runforprs.co and fill out the very short form there. You'll get an email right away from Coach Jason and you can start filling out that athlete question form. And as soon as you send it back and link up in Training Peaks, we'll get started on your trial right away. Um, So thanks for tuning in. And if you have any questions, please feel free to ask us. But until next time.